Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Dog Show Show, here with uh, Barb and Kim and... Kim's back. Kim's, well, depending on when people are listening to the episode, oh, yes, they may not know that she was gone. Hmm. Yeah. We did say that we were one. We we we're going to tell people that you were on a beach somewhere when you weren't here Relax. for the dog show episode, and then we were thinking, well, what kind of um, cocktails would you drink on a beach if you're a dog person? They drink anything, dog people. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did put forward the idea. I don't think we put it in the episode, but I put forward the idea that hair of the dog would be pretty popular. Oh, after the Christmas <laughs> show, yes. <I> think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Yes, we went to the Christmas show and we had a great time and we got to see lots of people handling their animals and so we had a bit of a chat afterwards and we went, well, what actually makes a good dog handler? And and what do dog handlers actually do? But before we get into that, how how old were you when you actually were handling your first dog, when you went first went into into the ring? With a dog? Oh, I went into child handlers a couple of times, probably about 10 years ten. old. 10. But um, my mum used to handle our dogs when mm. we were younger. And then as she got a bit older, she decided that um, she would like to, ha- to hand the handling over to somebody else. Okay. So she showed me all her tricks and her masterful way, of which she learnt when she came into the dog world with us all um, from a lady by the name of Mrs Price who used to show Dobermans, who was a very successful owner, breeder, handler. Mm-hmm. And we used to stay back and watch Mrs Price beautifully handle her Dobermans to best in show. Because we believed that Staffords were very new at the time in the show ring and we knew that if we were going to compete at that level, we needed to have a bit of pizzazz about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So two, two phrases there, beautifully handle and pizzazz. What does beautifully handle mean? One on one with your dog. Mm-hmm. Great rapport. Okay. With the dog. Okay. So basically, when you're handling a dog, the dog, the dog judge should not be looking at you. They should be only looking at the dog. Mm-hmm. So when you're actually handling the dog, you become one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, making the dog stand properly, or getting it to stand properly mm-hmm. naturally. Um, getting it to move around the ring at the correct pace and speed yeah. and so the judge can see the dog and coming back and showing the dog off to its best attributes. Is that like responsiveness to commands, Well, Because I noticed there were just dogs that were really well trained, a movement of the hand, a, a, a look or whatever, and the dog responded precisely. Well, there's various day, ways of t- um, training dogs, but the most recent and most successful, I think, people have found, particularly in Australia, is positive reinforcement training. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, yes, if you have, uh, if, a, if a dog is food... Driven. Driven, mm. yeah, you can trigger their responses. It's exactly like Pavlov's dog. Mm. The more you do right, the more reward you get. Mm. Mm. So... Basically, um, that's what they do when the dog stands up himself, especially if he or she is constructed properly. There's not a lot of work for the handler. But it's about having the dog um, respond and looking his best to the judge 
because uh, the judge only really has two minutes to adjudicate each specimen. Mm. Mm. And there'd need to be a lot of confidence... Would there be a lot of confidence needed for a handler to come out and run the dog around the, the show ring? You'd want to be confident in yourself because if you're going out and being a bit... Um, showing a bit of stress or a bit frazzled, it can affect what happens... Well, the dog feels everything down the lead, yes. Mm. So they're very responsive to that. You're exactly right. So Mm. they do respond if you're nervous or if Mm. there's an issue. But, yes, you do need to have confidence. You need to know that the dog needs to know that you and the dog are in this together Mm. and uh, that you'll you'll look after the dog and they need to have the rapport with you that, Mm. that, that everything will be fine. So you'd probably, would you need to build that rapport with the, say if it wasn't your dog that you were handling, if it was someone else's dog, would that rapport need to be built prior to coming to the show? Like you'd need to spend time with that dog so they get to know you and and vice versa and you work together before you go to the show as um, a handler? Sometimes. There are, there are handlers that um, just take the dog and, and the dog goes for them. It's an instant rapport. Mm. The dog will just go. Is that just being a good handler? Like, are you just a, a really confident handler that you could pick up any dog and kind of do that? Or does that have to be something the dog wants to do? I think it's deeper than that. I think the dog knows. Mm. The dogs mm. are very, as mm. everybody knows, intuitive yeah. with people. And I think the dog knows that that it's all good. Um, there are people that have taken dogs and the dog just won't go. Mm. All right. So that if there's, you know, sometimes you can't, Everybody's got more than one dog to show or something. If then they can't cope with all the entries they've got, they get people to show them and the dog just won't go. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is very um, personal with you and the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like anything, it's about practice. Mm. Mm. So the more you practice with the dog, the mm. more the dog's going to do what you need it to do. And it's comfortable with you. Yeah. As their handler. Yeah, that's right. It's all about practice and f- being familiar with the dog. But, yeah, people do walk up and, and just show them and they go really well. Sometimes they come out of the ring and they're very surprised how it went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it went well. Like, you know. Weren't expecting it. That was yeah. better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it went, it went off much better than we thought. Have you ever seen a sit Like, I was just thinking then, you know, a situation where a dog gets stage fright. You know, you, you've got this great dog. It's performed well at smaller shows or it's trained really well and then you get to a, a big show with lots of people they get a bit awestruck or the crowd puts them off or anything like that or is it oh look it's they're like all animals and people for that matter some of them love the crowd and they love the audience and when everybody claps that they, kind of yeah they pumps them up a little bit yeah, yeah. um there's others that you know um some dogs can be overshown where they don't like it anymore or they can get out of bed that morning not 100% and don't feel great Mm. and you know handlers will come out and say it didn't go very well today Mm. so Mm. you know then they know the dog's not but again that's like anyone yeah you know I have days when I'm fantastic and days when I'm like I'll just go through the motions today that's right (laughs) that's right but you know at the end of the day um, basically dogs enjoy it they go out there they wag their tails. I think I've, I've said in other podcasts where uh, my own go around the ring as it, wagging their tail and that's because of the I treat it as if they're in the backyard. Mm. Mm. 
they're not anywhere any different yeah. just be yourself fun. yeah and it's a, it's a fun day mm. and we're having a bit of fun mm. so but it depends um you know we you would have seen that young handler and the child handlers at the christmas show mm-hmm. who just moved her feet and the mm. dog stood up or mm. moved his feet mm. or just she stood back away from the dog and the dog knew every movement yeah, yeah. that's just practice yeah it's just practice for the dog. That's just hours and hours of work, getting yeah. that dog to that point. Yeah, just, um, you know, give them some training each day yeah. or, or three times a week. Depends on the dog, Yeah. how much they respond. But, yeah, it's just like anything, lots of practice. And I suppose like anything as well, other, one animal would be trainable, more trainable than another animal. One, as you say... If it's heavily motivated by food, you use that. If it's heavily motivated by something else, you use that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Squeaky toys, all sorts of things. But the dogs are very um, reactive. You know, you, if you've got a dog that won't show, that's what we term not a show dog. Yeah. Doesn't really enjoy the showing part of things. Yeah. You can get them going. Yeah. But it's not usually a dog that you'd keep out showing for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't enjoy it. Do you ever, like if you're if we were new to it, and that was obvious to you as an experienced judge, would you tap the person on the shoulder and just say, maybe find another animal or maybe, or this is what you need to work on or this is how you can get this dog to perform better? Well, if you see a really nice dog or a great dog and, you know, it's just not performing, mm. you do help the exhibitor mm. in mm. the ring mm. or um, give them a lot of opportunities to go up and back or whatever it is that's the problem. Mm. Um, and they're often offer advice mm. afterwards, ask them to come back and you can help them out with things. Um, but, yes, basically there's just some dogs that are just don't enjoy it too much. Yeah. But, you know, it's a shame. Sometimes there's a really beautiful me- specimen of a breed and they're just not they're just not show dogs. Yeah. And then there's other dogs that will stand in the lineup that aren't as great but show their head off. Yeah. So <laughs> it's um, it's a bit hard then. But it's it's all on the day and it's very individual and it's mm. it's all done on the day. So mm. it, it depends and it will how depend everybody on forms. who else you're up against as well and how they perform. That's right as well. Yeah, mm. and you know sometimes you'll give people an opportunity. I mean, it's like our breed. Um, a lot of times people will run them around the ring. They're not a breed that should run. Yeah. And mm. I find myself saying, "Take them round, please. Please don't run. Yeah. Please don't run." Because they're not a breed that no terrier should run, actually. Mm. But they should not run around the ring. They should, they have brisk walk, yeah. but not, not running. Like a skip, mm. skip around the ring. Yeah, so you can get them, like it says in the standard, you know, they're supposed to move, they sort of look like they're supposed to float around the ring at a proper pace. <laughs> All right. They're not supposed to run at 100 miles an hour. No. So often uh, the judge gives the exhibitor the direction mm-hmm. and asks them to... To do it, often they'll keep running them, mm-hmm. so you really have to slow them down. The thing um, at the the show we went to as well, I remember you mentioning something about getting people to handle different dogs. Is that about seeing if the dog will respond to another handler, or is that about seeing if the handler is any good and can just show a dog on short notice, kind of thing? Oh, with the child handlers, yeah, they um, they're only allowed to show their dogs so many times i think okay. it's five okay and then they have to change to another dog mm. so basically you'll find most of them know all the other dogs anyway yeah. the kids mm. so um 
but yeah, they have to swap around or get another dog to show. And mm. they'll practice. Some some lovely owner exhibitor will let them practice on their dog, and they mm. come and get their dog for the handlers for for whatever practice they need. Mm. But um, that's only in the child handlers, not in the main show. Um, we don't really swap over unless we can't get them to handle them. We want somebody to handle them that can get them to go. Right. Yeah, that, I think I think we might actually saw someone do that. I think they might have actually been in one of the points we're walking around, and I feel like I want to say it might have been, might have been the Staffords, but I'm not sure. But I feel like there was one point where I saw a lady handling a couple of different dogs, mm. and it might have been that she just had a couple of different dogs in that particular thing. But I don't mm. think that'd be the case. But she was handling a couple of different dogs, and that was really interesting to watch that. And the dogs appeared, from my perspective at that point, to be doing what they needed to do. Like, they were performing the way they needed to perform. But mm. Yeah, they know what they've got to do when they've got to go in the ring. Mm. Yeah. And you were talking about the lead. The- yeah. The, the thin, what's the point of the thin lead? Like, there's, every dog had a thin, fairly thin lead on it. What's the, explain to me the, the reason for the thin lead. It's like a, it's like a shoelace or something. Like, it's, yeah. Mm, it does look like a shoelace. <laughs> it's that thin. Um, basically what it is, is if the dog's well trained, they can follow you without a lead. It's just you're not allowed to not use one. Right. Because um, you have to have a, a leash on your dog mm. at all times on a showground. Yep. Yeah. Um, basically, it's just a boundary. Yeah. To, sh- to show them what their boundaries are yeah. but if they're well trained you can train you could show them without the lead okay mm. they'll just follow you and stand and if they're very yeah. well trained but um also you don't want big cumbersome leads yeah, yeah. everywhere getting in the way detracting from the the look of the dog mm. you exactly. want it to look like it's just standing there with mm. you know no so the no, lead's nothing. almost invisible really. yeah that's right mm. discreet yeah 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 it's just a just a just a necessity yeah um, I mean, obviously, some of the bigger breeds they have bigger, bigger leads and mm. collars and things. I yeah. mean, the Stafford um, traditionally had the Stafford collar that we used to show them on, and in England as well, mm. and and lead. But um, we found that um, they were so big, and we decided many years ago to go with that kind of lead, a, mm. a very fine lead, so the the judge could see the dog. Mm. They mm. do the same in America. And I noticed that in England they do it a lot as well. They don't use the traditional collars and leads anymore because mm. they're just cumbersome and they cover up the neck. Mm. You can't mm. see the neck and mm. you can't really see the outline of the dog. Mm. So um, it's more like houseware now. Mm. Mm. Now, the thing, the other thing we noticed about some of the handlers are some very flashy coats there, yeah, <laughs> sequins. And that's not on the... Dogs. Not on the dogs. <laughs> you just said some very flashy coats. Yeah, there was one young lady. She was particularly well dressed. It was this beautiful navy purple number with gold things on them, and sparkles. Half a dozen, yeah, half a dozen people sort of walked past her and said, oh, "I love your suit. I love your suit." And I think she was only young. I think she might have only been mm. maybe fifteen or something like that. But um, we love sparkles. Is that a prerequisite? Do we have to wear? <laughs> Sparkly coats. I mean, we've spoken before about the presentation of the handler. You you need to go in yourself looking your best, don't you? Oh yeah, you have to respect the judge. Yeah, and respect the the environment. And yeah. part of of what we do is you know to look the part. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned in another podcast when we first started showing. You know, there was a staff in each corner. They had thongs and the dog had a rope on it. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty much a matter of we had to bring the level of the 
um, participation in the competition up to compete with the, the big guys in those mm. glamorous breeds. I think you mentioned the Afghan oh, bar. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> right? Can you imagine with a Stafford with a rope yeah, and a bloke and a pair know, of thongs, right? <laughs> and and a, a stubby Stubbies shorts, and right? a blue singlet. <laughs> Not that the judge is judging the people, but it's all about the presentation. Yes, the presentation. Mm. So if yeah. these glamorous Afghans floating around the ring... <laughs> What do you... Um, and, a, and a woman in a dressing gown running around well, behind her. Almost, it. sometimes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, we decided early in the early days that we would... Um, well, my mum did up the up the game. Mm. Yeah. So um, she used to actually make our clothes and her own to wear. Mm. Yeah. Um, but um, there was a time that everybody wore trousers and, mm. you know, jackets and things like that. Nobody wore skirts. Mm. Um, and then a lot of people tended to go overseas to America and so on where it was all very, uh, well, in America you, they don't wear pants to show. Yeah. It's a, a big no-no. Mm. Yeah. Food, well, look, these people are wearing pants. That's not right. You should, women should wear skirts. Is their mm. culture? Yeah. Um, so they wear a jacket and, and skirts and that sort of transformed or transferred over to Australia where... There's a lady who has a suit business. She brings the suits in. She's on the grounds and she sells the suits. And oh, right. people are from America. Mm. So people um, purchase the suits. And that's another thing that's a bit competitive as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, different people in different brands of suits and things. You get the oh. best looking suit. Yeah. They, everybody wears a as brand a handler. Suit. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So mm. myself, I'm a bit more modest. I wear pants. Mm. You're bending over. Yeah, true. Um, there's a lot of all you don't have to worry you've got all your focus on the dog then you don't mm. have to worry about bending over mm. and mm. you know exposing anything yes like in the early yeah, days right. when my mum used to make addresses she also used to make witches breeches which probably oh. some people would remember which are the long underpants yep. with all the frills on them yes. yep. so when you bend over that's all you saw <laughs> um and she used to wear she used to wear those to be you right. know cover yes. any to be, you know, modest thing. Mm. Yeah. But um, they, these days um, they wear the suits and um, everything's acceptable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Some people, will, as I say, will wear, feel more comfortable, but it's also about a handler-dog combination of what you wear and what you feel comfortable with. If, I, if I'm showing and I'm struggling to worry that, you know, mm. that I'm not comfortable because my skirt might ride up or something, yes. I'm not going to be not focusing on the dog. That's yeah, right. yeah. Yep. So that comes into play for me. So- now, before we... Well, I guess we're getting into wrap-up time, but not really. It's only 20 minutes. Um, but what, in terms of becoming a handler, what, do you, what are your tips for a good handler? What is, what is as a good handler, what, did, what are the things that you think are the things that we should be doing? Well, I think I put something up the other day on Facebook about um, sitting with winners. Yes, the mm. conversation's different. It, exactly I like that. Exactly right. Mm. And it's exactly the same for anybody who wants to do anything in the dog world, is to go to the successful people, the people who know how to do these things. Yeah. As I said before, we'd stay back and we'd watch Mrs Price and watch her how she handled a dog and what she did. Yeah. So I think is one of the key things is to, to talk to people mm-hmm. and learn, mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. You have to practice. You can't just go to the show with your dog and show it. Mm. 
you need to practice. Mm. Um, you need to get um, support from people around to help you and have a rapport with the dog. Mm. It's very important to have a rapport with the dog, which you can create through the practicing time. Mm. Yeah. Watch other people is very important. They're successful people, the people who win. Mm. They mm. show a dog, they usually have a bit of pizzazz or finesse about them that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned with Mrs. Price, she used to swoop her hand down the back of the Doberman and stand back and like, look at yeah, this dog. Present the dog. Yeah. Mm. Very, very, with a lot of pizzazz. Yeah. Um, so Just a bit of, bit of sh- like, it's a show, so you've got a bit of showmanship. It's the... Well, it's a competition. For so the two minutes you're in there. Yeah. Mm. I've known myself to go to a show and looked around and thought, gee, there's some nice dogs here today. I'm going to have to outhandle them. Yeah. <laughs> That's... Because my, my dog was equally in the competition, but we could have been beaten yeah. on handling. So I needed to put the level up. My sister used to say, you're going to have to put your back into it today. Mm. So, yeah. The standard so of the dogs, dogs there. Yeah. So you have to do that little that extra bit. So the tips are to, to, you know, watch those people who do that. Yeah. Mm. Um, be prepared. You know that um, thing where they say, Poor presentation is poor performance. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's the same for a dog show. Yeah. You've got to make sure your dog's in condition, that he's clean, his teeth are clean. Um, you've got all your equipment and that everything, you, your suit. I mean, uh, years ago, well, not so long ago, before COVID, I had a young girl in Melbourne come up to me and say, I've left my suit at home. Can you find me a suit? So... You know, do you need... Okay, so you we'll find be- you a suit. And you said okay. before that there's people selling suits at the dog shows. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to go to the dog show she and buy a suit buy next time I want a suit, by the way. She didn't want to buy the suit. She just needed yeah, a suit and wanted- didn't have the money to buy one. Right. So, yeah. So we had to borrow one. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is in prep- preparation's very important. Yeah. And having your mind on the job, not... I, I watch some handlers, young handlers... You know, faffing around, trying to find the dog, trying to find the lead, get in the lead, get in the ring, and as we've discussed before, the dog wheezes and mm. does his business in there when that should have all been sorted long before you went in the ring. Yeah, one of the things we commented, I think, in the the episode that we did about us going to the show was the fact that there were people getting there so early, you know, like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and then not showing until six, seven, eight o'clock that night. That that's to me, that's part of that, isn't that? Like getting there early, getting yourself set up, providing a calm space for the dog so it can perform at its best. Yeah. And you've done the emptying and all the things that you need to do. <laughs> you know, we were amazed watching people with like hairspray and all sorts of things, but prepping that dog so it is, once you, once you go in, you're in and you're absolutely ready to go. That's right. And, and preparation for everything is important. So mm. if you've got all that going... Yep. And then you're just waiting to go in. You're more calm as well mm. because mm-hmm. you've got everything set to go mm. and I'm not panicking and rushing around trying to find a brush or hairspray or yeah. a drink of water or well, whatever. Well, I'm just thinking about that lady with the suit, like the fact that she didn't pack the, her suit to, to wear, that adds another layer of stress for her, I imagine, that uh, day. Going, can you imagine, yeah, can imagine us suit. if we left our suits at home? Yeah. We'd be... <laughs> Yeah, that's beside right. ourselves. That's right, but you know, it's the, it's the usual dog show thing. So, I, I, you know, I've left my shoes at home. Somebody go you know, take their shoes off and give them to you. That's what mm. they're like. That's so, but going back to that 
yeah. community, let's help each other out. Yeah. Kind or, of thing. you know, well, mm. they've left their, their leads at home or mm. people will usually rally to get the dog in the ring. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's about preparation is really important. Being on your game, I mean, you and the dog might get up not in happy times, like you got up, both of you out the wrong side of mm. the bed. Yeah, out of sorts, yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, you need to make sure that you've got it got it happening for both of you. And mm. then you go in and best man wins, or best dog for that matter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's, a, it's all about preparation and learning and... You can never stop learning anything in life, but particularly, you know, there's always um, tricks and tips and you learn that from others. Mm. And you find a mentor as well. I always recommend that um, people find a mentor on that can uh, is a good handler and, yeah. and have a chat with them. Or you'll find as some judges, I'm one of them, will give people tips in the ring. Mm. I think I mentioned when I judged in Perth... Um, a young lady was having a bit of difficulty and I just looked up, just calm down, let the lead loose, just walk as if you're in the park. Mm. And she went out and back and the dog just followed her and went perfectly fine. Because mm. she was stressing and not prepared, I would say. Well, it wasn't her mm. dog. So it was a right. case of not mm. being her dog and not, and not the knowing report. the dog, just mm. taking the dog and walking in the ring. Well, yeah, I reckon it would be really frustrating for you if you're having to watch you know, dozens of dogs that day and there's a good portion of them doing that, that would be, as a judge, really frustrating. So for you, it probably makes sense to step in and go, okay, just do this, because I want to see this dog at its best. Exactly right. And I don't want to have to see this and watch this stuff. <laughs> well, you, I think it's about helping them present their dog at their best, but mm. at the end of the day, you can't judge them if they're not handled correctly and if people are yanking leads and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So any any absolute? What's your actually? That's what I want to know. So what's your thing that you have to? I mean, I know we've talked about the shoes in the past. You've got your shoe special shoes that you wear. Do you have anything else that you absolutely have to do as a handler before you get in the ring? Any other little superstition that you have or thing that you do before you walk in? No, I um, I was always the preparation. Yeah. If I didn't do the steps, I'd be. Mm. A bit flustered. I'd be, oh, I haven't done that. Yeah. So I would make sure I'd done the steps with my dog, make sure they emptied out. Yep. Even with Chain, when he'd hit the corner, he'd always do a wee whether he'd done one or not, which was mm-hmm. fine, which gave me, right, he's he's mm. in the mindset as well. Yep. yep. Um, uh-huh. So we then we'd become sort of one as we went in. So basically, if I didn't do the steps, I would be rattled. And then there were different dogs. Some dogs would prefer to go for a walk before they went in the ring and others would need to come directly out of the crate into the ring. So if they were wandering around, they wouldn't have their mind on the game. Right. Mm. But if they, then there was others that needed to walk around a bit. And that's just about you knowing your dog, like this is how it performs at its best. Yeah, knowing the dog, yeah, yeah. having great rapport. Yeah. And, you know, somebody else in the family going, don't touch him before he goes in. <laughs> right? Leave him alone. Like, yeah. Can you just leave him alone? Cover him up? Just leave him alone till you can... And that's the thing too, when people come to shows and look around, that's why people think that people are a bit funny or testy because they've got a process yeah, yeah, yeah. where oh. the dog is has a, a routine, is what it is, yeah. before they go in. Yeah. And 
somebody coming, oh, isn't he lovely? Can I pat him, yeah. please? And, and getting yeah. excited. And, <laughs> and gets, his mind yes. goes over there. Yeah. He's not in the mindset uh-huh. to go in the ring. Yeah. I so, never thought about it from that perspective, but yeah. That's the real that reason. Sense. People yeah. aren't really cranky and cross. It's just like... Mm. He's got keep, a job to do. Get him. Keep, once keep he's out, focused. you can t- you can play with him. Is yes. that all right? Sort of. That's what I always say. Once mm. he's once mm. he's a, he's he's done, we're happy for you to have a play. Mm. But if you interrupt the process for both the handler and the dog, mm. well, it's like any athlete, isn't it? You know, if you're if you're preparing for something in a certain mindset. And then you've got to, like you see the footy players having to do, you know, interviews before games and things like that. That must be incredibly distracting. Mm. You know, I've got a mindset to get into. I've got a space that I need to be in to function mm. at my best for the next hour and a half. Got people asking him for autographs or something like that. Yeah, like, well, commenta- like, yeah. Get- well, there's been a few times where, you know, commentators have gone in at half time in big matches and talked to players and they've sworn on air. And it's like, but everyone gets up in arms about it. Well, what do you expect? They're in that space. They're in that zone. They're, That's right, you know, hmm. that's what you're going to get. Mm. I didn't think of it like that about that either. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah it's it just uh, everything you say. I'm just you know draw parallels with other sports because I'm viewing the dogs as sports people. Yeah. They're sports, but they're sportsmen and women. You know, they're there to perform. They've got rituals. They train. Even just what you said then about you know I knew when Chain was stop at the corner, have a wee, whether he needed to or not, whether he just emptied out or not. But that was him going, I'm set to go. And you're going, right, you're ready. I'm ready. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's get into this. Mm. And, you know, mm. I think I get that mindset. I'm there to perform. Mm. Yeah, yeah, 100% I understand that. So. And you can watch the handlers, like, especially in general specials, best in show, ring. You know, you watch the handlers with their dogs and the rapport they have and, the, you yeah. know, even an unsaid communication. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was a couple yeah. of people that I saw that with. There was just, like I said, body movements. Or you're talking about, you know, just a, a foot movement or stepping back and that dog was just fully focused. What do you need me to do now? What do I need to do to be my best? Mm. It was beautiful. It was great to watch. Mm. And you don't have to be a, tra- a dog trainer to do it. That's mm. the thing, mm. to, to handle dogs. You no. don't, you know, there's lots of people out there in different areas that do different dog training. Mm. You don't have to be a dog trainer. Anybody can do it. All you mm. have to do is just have the rapport with the dog and focus on... And relax is a lot of it. Yeah. Like you, you would have seen some of the kids showing at the Christmas show that, you know, we're pulling the dog and the dog's pulling back. Mm-hmm. And mm. The thing is, is that you, because you're under scrutiny and being, you know, judged, they panic. So mm. it's about staying relaxed and letting the dog loose, letting the dog do what it wants and then just asking it <laughs> to mm. stand up. And it will usually. Yeah. So, but people learn that over time of doing it. And that's why it's good that the kids get in there early and do it. Yeah, because mm. I'd imagine they, that moment of panic where they're like, I've got to get the dog to do this. They're watching me. I have to get him to do that. And the more you try and get him to do it, the less he's going to want to do it. The more panic you're going to get, the more off you out of focus you're going to get. And then all of a sudden, it's all gone to, you yeah. know, gone downhill. Whereas if you stop, let the dog do it, reset, and just get back into your rhythm. That's right. Like, yes, it'll be noticed, but it's better than mm. completely losing the whole thing. And judges are pretty good. They'll wait. Yeah. But only for so long. Yeah. Like, if you're just not getting, getting it happening. But it's like anything. If you force anything, yeah, it'll resist. Yeah. Mm. But if you encourage 
something or someone to do something, they are more likely to do it. Mm. So it's the same for animals. Mm. Mm, That's right. I think we can leave it there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.